This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Welcome, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. Today we have jumped on a train and we've shot up north in the UK and we've crossed the border over into Scotland and I believe today it's a sunny Scotland. It's not usually sunny in Scotland but today the sun is shining and we say a very warm welcome to the author Stephen Barr. Hi Stephen. Hi Matt, good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. You are up in Scotland. Whereabouts in Scotland are you located? I stay in Paisley, which is part of Renfrewshire, quite close to Glasgow Airport. Okay, so Scotland, but not not up in the in the Highlands, not not up in the hills, not quite. Oh no, a wee bit further down than that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today. It's going to be really fascinating chatting with you. Um, You have written um, a whole load of books, actually, um, and they they kind of cross genres and they do some pretty amazing things. So just for our listeners um, to get a bit of a flavor of some of the books you've written, um, you've written some children's picture books, um, uh, Dottie the Ladybird, I believe, Mr. I like this title, Mr. Pleasant the Pheasant. That's a good one. And A Rabbit's Tale. You've also done some um, young adult um, Christian fantasy fiction, Chronicles of Cozen. Um, You've got a couple of books in that series. Um, And you've also just started a new series, I believe, The Benji Blackman Adventures. So you've got lots of different books going on and in multiple genres. Is there a reason why you've written sort of for different audiences? Uh, yes, I, I suppose it's like when I started writing, I decided not to box myself into a corner. I realised when I sat my higher English as an adult that it was possible to do something you hadn't done before. I had a poetry challenge and I wrote a poem and I was about 33. I'd never really studied poetry. So I, I like challenges. I like to be able to look at something and say, yeah, I can give that a try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll maybe want to learn why. Um, but there are various ways of going forward with um, writing and yeah, I, I just don't like being boxed in, I suppose. <laughs> because the genres are, are quite different, which up to date have you enjoyed um, engaging with the most? Oh gosh, probably the young adult fantasy, um, mixing faith with fantasy um, and as you read them, if you are a faithful Christian, you you will understand and you will see the gospel in the storyline um, and understand who's, who's who and what character. But I really enjoy all of them. I think if you don't enjoy doing it, then it's time to stop. Mm, mm. And you, in the young adult fantasy um, series that you've got um, in particular, um, you are well. I've just said it. You're writing sort of in series. You've got the Chronicles of Cozen and you've got the Benji Blackman Adventures, which are like two separate sort of series, as it were. Um, do you find do you find writing a series of of novels 
more helpful in the creative process or, or does it become more challenging sort of two or three down the line and you're like oh oh goodness what what ideas can I can I put into this next one <laughs> it is challenging but I think one of the main things is where you draw your inspiration from and I think society has always been something that you can draw inspiration from and if you draw inspiration from the word of God and you look at what's happening in the world around about you there's always going to be a story there that can be told in one way or another. You've you've got a couple of books. Well, you've got two in the Cozen series. What what's that about? Just to sort of in a, in a nutshell, without giving too much away, so that people can sort of know what what is this um, Chronicles of Cozen? What is it? In a nutshell, the first one is called the first book's called Dark Horizons, and the second one is called Search for Holy Fire. Um, they're about a young man is just turned 16 and he finds out on his birthday that his grandfather has passed away and left him a little leather bound book now he lives in literally darkness there's street lamps that are lit all the time uh, there is no darkness this isn't a natural darkness this darkness comes from an angelic lowercase a not uppercase a lowercase a, angelic hosts that are stealing the souls of the dead and intercepting them before they get to heaven. And they're using this as their power. Um, there are two other angels that whisper deception in the night. And as everyone sleeps, if they had any idea of wanting to break free from it all, by the time they fall asleep and wake up again, it's gone because they're told all is well in Cozen. And I'll leave you to have a wee look on on online as to what cozen actually means but you can probably guess that it's a uh, it's not a good thing all, all is indeed not well in cozen and they're waiting for somebody to to save them and of course this person comes along and the, as the main protagonist in the storyline robert henry fletcher um reluctantly <laughs> taking his place as protagonist as the story evolves mm. Oh, it sounds interesting. And so that that's kind of how it starts. And then you've got to get a bit more of a development sort of in the second book, Search for Holy Fire. Um, what what What's that one about in a nutshell? In a nutshell, the echo of it, I suppose, is the power of Christ within each one of us as we try to find out who we are in him and looking at who Christ is and realizing the full of the, the fullness of the accomplishments of Christ on the cross. Um, but that coming across in a, in a fantastical way through this story as well. Um, he's desperate to be able to go back to do something and live life where he comes from having something's happened at the end of the first book. And um, he finds himself somewhere else and then um, he's no longer able to get there and he's got an inner turmoil about he could leave the problem or he could stay and he could face it and, and, and battle through and work out or he could turn his back on it and and walk away so and it's about growth and it's about learning and it's about um knowing that as we search for holy fire surely the holy fire uh, of god is there with us through christ by his holy spirit mm. and from my experience with with reading um series books you get two different sorts of series books. <laughs> One where you kind of get a complete story in sort of per book, 
but they're kind of are linked. There, there, there is an overarching narrative that links them together, but you can read whichever book as a standalone. And if you're not following the overarching narrative, it doesn't matter so much. Whereas you get other book series where, you know, if you if you start on book four, you've absolutely no idea what's going on because you have to read book one, two, and three first because it's actually like one massive story from beginning to end broken up into um, book-sized chunks. So your chronicle, your um, series writing, are they like complete stories per book that you can sort of pick up? Or is it, is it like one massive story that you haven't quite got to the end of yet? I would say it's a massive story I've not quite got to the end of yet. A bit like the journey of life. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you can jump in and read any of them, but you will have questions. Okay. That will only be answered right. by reading the one before it. <laughs> so so you've, you've written two so far. How many more do you reckon you'll need to write before you reach the end of the massive story? I definitely think there's going to be a third one. Um, and then there's some in between stories, smaller ones that, const- that that I've got ideas for that I'm going to pick up on. This is this could be 10 years' time. Because <laughs> there are other projects that keep happening. I have a grandson um, called Kean. Hi, Kean, uh, who's eight years old, and he's been a great inspiration for the for the for the children's books, for, for the illustrated books, and indeed for Benji Blackman, um, a totally different um, thing altogether, non non Christian, just child's adventure, moving from pictures into chapters, and and, and learning as you move up the grades, um, and and your reading abilities, um, so yeah. So your your. Chronicles of Cozen is sort of more young adult fantasy. So and adult. And adult, yeah. It's sort of that area of um, readership. Whereas your Benji Blackman Adventures is kind of a little bit younger, would you say? Yeah, sort of up to 10 years old, I would say. Okay, yeah, as you said, sort of moving into reading chapter books, but not not a full-blown novel. Yeah, okay. And and what 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 can you tell us about Benji Blackman. Benji is in the book. He's about six years old. Um, he's separated from his mum. His mum and dad are separated. Sorry, and he's going on a weekend to visit his dad. He jumps on the bus. He lives in a small um, village in the Highlands. So we're a bit further up north now. We are in the Highlands. I wanted to do something involving Scotland. Uh, as a storyline as well, um, grasping onto a little bit of my own heritage, which is something I really hadn't hadn't done to this point. So including Benji and, and going up north, um, he's having his breakfast and he sees a picture on this on the milk of a missing child and asks his mum about it. Gets on this bus um, to go and visit his dad and never quite gets there. He ends up in this massive adventure that takes him to this mysterious foggy island. Um, that is the first one. It's called A Journey to Foggy Island, and it's about how he gets there, the things that happen to him when he's there. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's five chapters. There are there are sketches for each chapter that that that, that depict uh, a scene from the chapter uh, that I have drawn myself. Uh, so there are sketches involved in as well in it. So it's, it's coming away from picture books, but it's not quite there's still one but it's only black and white as well <laughs> per chapter mm. so 
Mm. And so you just mentioned that you drew that picture yourself and you have done um, much younger sort of picture books for for really young children. Um, do you do those illustrations as well or do you work alongside an illustrator for like Dottie the Ladybird, for example? Well, well, both. Dotty the Ladybug, I did the sketches, I did the paintings for myself. I took up um, painting during lockdown and my wife and I had been for a walk and Dorothy said to me, after we came back from, we're quite close to the foot of this, these hills, it's a, a country park called the Braes and we were up there and the Glenifer Braes country park we saw a ladybird on the fence post and we had this conversation and the poem was born. All, all the children's books are written in four-line stanzas, sort of poetic, um, with good um, rhyming rhythm to them that's good for, for, for getting children to get to sleep. They're all getting nice stories. Um, if, if I can say that the children's books never have anything that's that's not Christian or unchristian in them, they don't necessarily, they're not aimed at, the. there's no gospel in them, but there's not any ungospel in them either, if that makes any sense. They're supposed to be nice stories that help children sleep and use their imagination and, and learn um, that the world's a happy place and that animals are lovely and, you know, just to get them sleeping well, there's no bad stuff in them. That is kind of the distinction between being a Christian author and writing those kind of things, as I see it. And maybe when they get a little bit older with the Chronicles of Cozen and things, there are swords and fire and flashing and, <laughs> and stuff. It's more adventurous as you get older. Um, but Dotted the Ladybug, I, I drew myself. I decided I was getting on a little bit. I'm, I'm 53 now and I thought, well, I'm going to do this. If I don't, I might never. It's worth trying. And it turned out okay. Um, the other two, A Rabbit's Tale and Mr Pleasant the Pheasant, I had an illustrator I worked with um, from Norfolk uh, who, I, who I, I met online and had various conversations and emails with and Grace Sanford um, has done some wonderful illustrations for both of these and they are books, again, one and two in a series that, that represent the seasons of the year. Um, Mr. A Rabbit's Tale is for summer and Mr Pleasant the Pheasant uh, represents autumn. Um, so winter and spring are yet to be illustrated. Um, winter is written but not illustrated um, because I just don't have the money at the moment <laughs> to, <laughs> to actually pay her to do it. <laughs> what's what's the winter one going to be called? Lucy's Perfect Arabesque. Oh. Lucy is a mouse who dances uh, for all the woodland creatures before the ones that hibernate go into hibernation. Well, this is um, this is fascinating hearing how a book comes together. So if you're a parent of really young children, why don't you go and find some of Stephen Barr's picture books, uh, Dottie the Ladybug, Mr. Pleasant the Pheasant, and A Rabbit's Tale. Buy them so that he can afford to get the next one illustrated. That's that's how to do it. If you if you want to get your hands on the next book, you got to buy the other ones so that he's got enough money to pay the illustrator to to draw the pictures for him. Get this series finished, it would be lovely. Um but I do have a new book coming out uh, anytime soon. What's it called? It is called Superflow. F-L-O. Flo is a superhero flamingo. 
she's an eco-warrior, she rescues cats from trees, and she's an all-around good girl, not a good guy, because it's a female flamingo, um, who is a superhero. And, um, yep, that's what's happening at the moment. Uh, all printed in Paisley, so if you want any of these, you have to contact me directly. I can't get them printed on Amazon, because I cannot figure out the picture shrinkage and size, and all. Oh, it's a nightmare. Words, books, fine. These kind of things, illustrated stuff on Amazon's a nightmare, and I don't get it. So printed locally, support Paisley, so support local businesses. So, so let, let's just mention that very, very briefly, and we, we will we will mention it again in more detail at the end of the episode. But if people want to get hold of um, the, the slightly older books, they can just get those on Amazon ebook paperback. That's not a problem. But if they're wanting a physical book. Um, a physical picture, children's picture book. They need to contact you directly for that, or they can just get the ebook online. Is that correct? Yeah, they can get the ebook uh, online. Uh, but any of the children's illustrated books, you have to want a physical copy. It needs to come through me. But the printed books, okay. um, Benji, uh, Chronicles of Cozen, Why We Worship, The Reason for Our Song, they're all available as ebook and uh, physical books. They're like up to. To you as well so great yeah thank you um and i'm going to put a link to um stephen bars um the way that you can contact him if you would like to get some of these physical books directly from him the the link is going to be in the show notes of this podcast so do click over there so that you can just click straight to stephen's um, information so that you can get in touch if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. So now we turn back to um, having our conversation with um, the author Stephen Barr, who's based up in Paisley in Scotland. Now, Stephen, we've been talking about your books. We are going to talk a little bit about your life and faith in just a moment. But I have a question which kind of links in with your faith. And you've kind of hinted at it. Um, so some of your books um, don't have a faith element in them. And that that's fine. But what I do want to know is the ones that do have a faith element in them, how do you, as a writer, how do you infuse your faith into writing a fantasy novel? Because it's obviously you're not, you're not like writing a sermon. You, you, you're, writing a, you're writing a story, you're writing a fantasy novel. So, so how do you weave your faith into the narrative? I suppose the obvious answer is you use your imagination, Matt. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those um, one of those things. I think you'd have to be inside my head, and I've been told that's a scary place to be. A pastor told me, <laughs> he says, "You've written what?" And he told I told him about it in a nutshell, and he says, hey, "Yeah, I'd like to have a look inside your head." Um, I think when you get inspiration and you start to roll with it, you can see echoes of darkness and the things of the darkness in the world and you can see echoes of scripture and the things that are good in the things of the world and there's always a way of of linking that together um you know by exercising that literary muscle and just getting on with the 
having a story line and, and factoring, you know, how it works and how it doesn't work. And sometimes a blank page is great because you realise it can go anywhere and the story leads as well. It leads you places that you maybe hadn't originally thought. I do always have a a second word document open. Uh, I've got three word documents open usually. One's got information uh, that I can draw on um, to make things realistic, study notes, I suppose. And, and, and the other one is like a, a draft storyline and I highlight it off as I've gone. Chapter one should have this, this and this in it. And that's not written in, in stone. I can change that. I can edit that. I can realise, no, that was a rubbish idea. <laughs> and we all have them. And there was was an idea for for Cozen that would that if I'd went with it would have been totally rubbish, in hindsight. Um, and I'm glad that I had a I had, I had a week where I just couldn't get anything done, and I went back to it a week later, and I went, what was I thinking? I'm glad I didn't pursue that. Uh, and then went a different direction. And if I hadn't gone that direction, who knows what the second bit would have been like? So. Mm. Oh, very interesting. No, really good, really good. And Stephen has sent me a couple of copies of his books, um, and I'm going to be giving one of them away um, in my newsletter. So if you click over to my website, mattmcclary.com, again, the link is in the show notes of this podcast, and sign up to my newsletter. Um, there is usually a book giveaway on there um, once a month or so. So do get involved with that. Now, Stephen... One of the things we love to do um, with our authors, obviously, we love talking books. I mean, that's why we listen to this, this podcast. But also, we like to get to know the author as a person, not just as someone who, you know, sits there writing stories, which, which is, is something wonderful that you do. But, but we know that there's more to life. There's more to, to a person than just one side. So we just wanted to, to find out a little bit, sort of get a peek behind the curtain, like a behind-the-scenes glimpse. Who is Stephen Barr? What do you do for fun? Have you got a family? Do you go to church? All that kind of thing. I do have a family. I'm married. Uh, my wife, Dorothy, we've been married for 31 years, very shortly, uh, this July. I'll be 30, 31 years married. Um, we've got five children, uh, one grandson, another grandson on the way at the beginning of August. Um, what else? Um, what do I like to do? I like, I like gardening. I used to love going fishing, but oh, life just gets so busy. And I haven't been fishing for ages. All my stuff's in the cupboard. Um, so, yeah, I'm, cre I'm, I'm a creative soul at heart. I, 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 during lockdown, I wasn't able to do a lot of the things that... I mean, I, I used to do a 30-minute worship evening. Um, I play guitar and write songs as well. And I did that, uh, a live time of worship, because we didn't have our Tuesday night meetings, so our times of worship wasn't there. And I was able to explore a little bit more with, with that and do different songs that, that people didn't really necessarily know we didn't have books in front of us or or anything so yeah I, I, I like to worship I like to sing I am a pastor my wife and I both pastor Renfrew Christian Fellowship in Scotland Um, that's about seven miles from where we stay uh, I've been going there for 30 years Dorothy's mum and dad were pastors before she's got more than 40 years um, there because she moved from England with her her mum and dad and they were asked if they would pastor the church back then 
Um, so what's five years we've been pastoring there, even though we've been in the church for an awful lot longer than that. About 70 years between us when you add it up, Matt, that's quite scary. <laughs> when you, you know, um, what else? Oh, I want to be fitter than I am and I like to go out cycling. I used to run, but my hips hurt now and, you know, I like food. <laughs> I was just about to ask, what's your favourite food? What is my favourite food? <clears throat> that depends on the seasons. I'm not being funny. It depends. I'm I'm a seasonal person. I think there's so much we can learn from seasons. I think that's probably why Mr. Pleasant, the pheasant, and the rabbit's tail are going the way they're going. But in the summer, I like salads. I like chicken at all times of the year. I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore. I used to love it, but it doesn't love me so much anymore. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Most things, crisps and snacks, I'm really bad for crisps and snacks. Biscuits with a cup of tea, oh my goodness. So if it switched to low-fat biscuits and... Are you are you a dunker? Do you dunk your biscuit in your tea? Usually, badly, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's something like a nugget bar, a skinny whip or something like that. You can't dunk them, the chocolate melts and you're left with a gooey mess, so no. But a digestive biscuit, yeah, definitely. When people ask me that question, what's my favourite food? I usually say, well, I've invented my own food group. It's it's not really a, a food. It's a food group that I love. And it's called dessert. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite food. Uh, but my, my wife has something to say about that. So so we shall see. She's, she's threatening to whip me into shape soon. So watch this space. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent. That's really good. Um, and we, we sort of briefly mentioned earlier on how people can get hold of your books your all of your books they can get on ebook which is which isn't a problem um but if they want physical copies um your slightly older books your um benji blackman adventures series and your chronicles of cozen series and you've also written um why we worship the reason for our song those can be um bought as paperbacks off Amazon but the picture books they need to come direct to you because there's just issues with trying to get picture books printed nicely off Amazon and stuff so how do people get hold of you to do that well on Facebook probably the best way um, I've not got a website at the moment I did have I'm looking into getting another one sorted out um, thank you Matt for the pointers uh, so hopefully that'll be up and running before the end of the year. But Facebook, if you look for Stephen Barr or SB Books, you'll find you'll find me there. That's great. And for them to know that they've got the right Stephen Barr, um, you've got pictures of Dotty, the ladybug, and all sorts on your profile, so people can see that and go, "Oh yeah, this is the place. This one's got a ladybug flying about." And yeah, great. And there's a logo, SB Books. That that logo at the SB back Books. there, yeah. yeah. There's there's a there's a letter S and a B in a in a square, and the gold letters in a black square. Yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. So that's what you look out for on Facebook. But to make it easy for you, we will include a link to Stephen Barr's um, Facebook in the show notes, so that you can just click over there for yourself. Um. Wow, the time has flown by. I know. Look, almost it's half an hour. Fantastic. I know. It's brilliant. Um, thank you so much, Stephen, for joining us and sharing your books and your writing and your life with us. It's been really great. You've made me hungry for a biscuit now. 
Sorry. <laughs> Verity, tell him no. <laughs> Have you tried go ahead, man? Uh, it's been wonderful chatting with you. I'm glad the sun is shining in Scotland today, and I hope it lasts a long while. And thank you also to you for listening to this episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. Remember to stay tuned. One of these podcasts happens every two weeks. So do be sure to catch the next one when it comes out, when we chat to yet another amazing Christian author about their book's life and faith but for the meantime thank you for listening and have a blessed time wherever you are and goodbye thanks for listening to christian book blurb with your host matt mcclary do give it a like give it a share and let your friends know all about it we do hope to see you again soon on another christian book blurb